Welcome everyone to Discipleship Podcasts with the Bend International Church of Christ. I'm Joey Hungerford and I just want to introduce you to season eight of our podcast, which is the year 2023. And we're exploring a lot of real life theology this year, the Holy Spirit, uh, faithful faith, the grand meta narrative of the Bible, disciple making, and so much more. So I'm excited that you're here. I hope that you stay tuned. Please give us a review and share it with your friends. God bless. Catch. Projectiles. Exo. Sit. Brace. It, it clicks. It clicks. You click and it goes. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to see everyone. Uh, today we're going to be talking about God's Word and the authority that it has. Amen. Uh, the title of this lesson is On Whose Authority. Mm. Uh, I like it. You know, I'm sure some people immediate thought is Jesus. Jesus. Um, that's it. That's it. That's all. Okay. Uh, but continuing, uh, there's so much that goes into. Uh, the Bible and how it was formed, the validity of it, uh, and why people should or you know shouldn't listen to it. Oftentimes, a lot of the arguments you hear are it's not relevant to today, uh, or it's made so that people can make a profit and of the like, which is not true when you examine the scriptures. Uh, now, there are ways that people have abused it, uh, which is where a lot of those comments come from. Mm. Uh, it is really easy to nerd out about this stuff. It's yes. really easy to you know, go into the rabbit hole of the archaeology or, uh, you know, just where all of this comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, you spend endless, endless hours on it. Uh, endless hours on the authority that the Bible has or that it should have mm-hmm. in our lives. Mm-hmm. So, some questions to ponder throughout this and after are on whose authority do we listen to the Bible? And do we give the Bible full authority over our lives, or only part, or only what's comfortable? Good question. Dude, uh, stop. <laughs> do we allow the Bible to have authority over our convictions or over our character? And what do we allow to get in the way of the authority of the Bible in our lives? Mm. So to start off, we're going to start in the Old Testament. Uh, yep. We're going to start in Exodus. Good place to start. Uh, tradition says that the first five books of Torah were written by Moses, and, uh, sorry, get this, there we go, written by Moses, and through Moses, God gave the Israelites the law, the Ten Commandments, so that's where we're going to start, uh, and before reading this, uh, this is just God speaking through Moses, moving through Moses, uh, just let the Israelites out of Egypt. Uh, a few months have passed. There was victory. Now they're at Mount Sinai, where God is speaking to Moses. This. Exodus 20, 1 through 17. And God spoke all these words I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven, above or on the earth, beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, 
punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son, or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, or any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in that land the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not cover your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Uh, I'm actually going to continue reading. Uh, verse 18, when people saw the thunder and the lightning and heard the trumpet and heard the trumpet, saw the mountain and smoke, they trembled with fear and they stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us uh, yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. Right, so this is the law as it is written and what God wanted his people to do. Uh, God's authority is very, very clear. Uh, just imagine, you know, being the Israelites at the foot of Mount Sinai, and you know, you see God comes in this thick cloud of smoke and fire. You know, I think they have some, some reason to be afraid because that's, that's a pretty scary sight. Uh, but you know, God is there reminding them of what happened in Egypt. And you know, as you read the Old Testament, He continues to do so. Remember where I brought you from. Remember this authority. God displays His power so that we can see His power and obey it. Of course, it is still a choice to whether choose or not to obey it or choose not to obey it. Uh, you can go ahead and turn over to Deuteronomy 4. This will be a kind of a quick example of how it's going, but in between all that, between Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 4, you have a lot of a lot of different scenarios of uh, you know the Israelites not listening, uh, them doing their own thing, of rebellion. There's the golden calf, there's Baal Fior, which is mentioned here, uh, the Korah rebellion. Uh, unbelief and mistrust of God's authority uh, and God's promises when they see the promised land. Uh, so Deuteronomy 4 verses 1 through 6. Now Israel, hear the decrees and laws I am about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and may go in and take possession of the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors has given you. Do not add to what I command you, and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. You saw with your own eyes what the Lord did at Baal Fior, 
the Lord your God destroyed from among you everyone who followed the Baal of Peor. But all of you who held fast to the Lord your God are still alive today. See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Observe them carefully, for this will show you show your wisdom and understanding to the nations. You will hear about all these decrees and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Uh, I'm also going to read verse 9. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Uh, again, it's that reminder of remember where you came from. Remember this authority. Israelites have gone back and forth between following and listening to God's authority and choosing to ignore it. Uh, and this is a plea from Moses to listen and to obey the law because it is good. Because to trust that God has something good in mind for them if they would just obey and trust the law. Uh, I really love Psalms. So we're going to dive in. We're going to look at just some examples of what Psalm 119, all Psalm 119 is just the law. It is focusing on the law. And this is just some examples of how, what, what the law does, what, what happens when you follow God and his law and listen to his authority. So in verse 1, Psalm 119, verse 1, Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Uh, blessed are those who walk according to the law. Uh, did not plan this part very well. Verse 9, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. The path of staying pure comes from God, seeking him with all your heart. Uh, and his word with all your heart. Verse 24, your statutes are my delights. They, my delight, they are my counselors. The word is a delight in both the good, the good times, the dark times. It is both a joy, uh, the word is both joy for the good times and joy for the suffering. Uh, and verses 41, 42, 119. May your unfailing love come to me, Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then I can answer anyone who taunts me, for I trust your word. Mm -hmm. God's promises come from his word, mm -hmm. and his promises are good. We can trust them. We can trust that God knows more than us. God knows what is best for us if we would just trust him and trust the authority that he has and is saying. And, you know, we could talk so much more about uh, how God moves in the Old Testament uh, and the authority that he has, but we're going to move on into the New Testament. Uh, and we're going to go over to John 1. 
The New Testament consists of you know, four Gospels and many letters uh, to various churches of the first century church. Uh, we're going to start off uh, talking about Jesus. John 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Down verse 14. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus came and preached with the authority given to him as God in the flesh, as the Son of God. So Jesus, being, this, being God in the flesh, everything he says is the truth. Verse 14, he came full of grace and truth. So what is the issue? Everything he was saying challenged the Pharisees a lot, but then challenged everyone. Uh, you know, an example is the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew 5, 21 through 22. You have heard that it is said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka is answerable, to the court, and anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. So, you know, there's the Old Testament law, and Jesus said, you know, I'm gonna, we're gonna take that to the next step. It's not just don't murder, it's don't have hate for one another. Don't have this, don't let this go. Uh, deal with this He raised the bar so that it isn't on our, on our own, by our own selves that we rely on, but it's God and his word, his authority. It could be really easy to listen to, uh, to not listen to the authority and say, well, I think I want to do what I want to do rather than relying on God and his word. The Pharisees uh, specifically called out Jesus. They said, you know, on what authority? Uh, it's Luke 20. Luke 20, 1 through 8. One day as Jesus was teaching the people in the temple courts and proclaiming good news, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, together with the elders, came up to him. Tell us by what authority are you doing these things, they said. Who gave you this authority? He replied, I will ask you a question. Tell me, John's baptism, was it from heaven or of human origin? They discussed it among themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he will ask, why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, all the people will stone us because they are persuaded that John was a prophet. So they answered, we don't know where it was from. And Jesus said, neither will I tell you by what authority <laughs> I am doing these things. So Jesus was the hope that <laughs> you. Know, Jesus was the hope that the prophets had prophesied about, but the Pharisees did not see his authority. 
Mm. Um, they challenged them. They tried to trap them in his words many, many times. Mm. Um, and even this, they still failed to see because they wanted their way. They wanted their authority, mm. not his authority. Yeah. Mm. So questions that come to mind is how often do you look at the word and challenge it by saying, do I really need to do this Lord? Do you allow to have Jesus to have full authority uh, over your life or just part of it? What, is, what even is the purpose of the word? What is it good for? Uh, there is the, what comes to mind is 2 Timothy 3, 16. Uh, you know, sure, many of us have heard this before. All of us have probably heard this. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Mm-hmm. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in, and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I will give you this charge. Let's continue on into chapter 4, 2 Timothy. Uh, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and then courage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, and do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. So what is it good for? It's teaching, rebuking, training in righteousness, encouragement, People want to abuse or pull things out of context, uh, pull the scriptures out of context, and you know we have to be careful of that ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very easy to say, well, I just want to use this scripture. I just want to use Jeremiah 29 11 alone, <laughs> without anything else behind it, uh, without knowing any of the context or anything else. Mm-hmm. We have to look at the context. Mm-hmm. We have to look at the authority. So who's authority? Comes back to, are we allowing our character and our convictions, are we allowing Jesus to have authority over our character and our convictions? What is it that you allow to get in the way of the authority of the Bible? Another one that sure everyone has seen before is the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So all authority. So now we come to the point of what is it that we listen to? Is it God's word or is it not God's word? Is it ourselves? Is it lies? Uh, The world. You know, we can trust, uh, if we're going to examine the, you know, one of the things of we can't trust the word. That's what the world says. Uh, We can trust the gospel. You know, we can probably trust the Old Testament. 
So now it's just the epistles and the letters, right? I think that's oftentimes where people uh, get like, well, Jesus, sure, but I don't know about the letters. Those were written by just regular old men. Uh, if all scripture is God-breathed and inspired, then that means it has the authority in our lives. And it's important to know the context, again, of each book in the Bible, that it can still be applied to today. It takes, ultimately, it takes faith and trust in the Lord to listen to his word and to obey. The point of authority is obedience. And it's not just for the sake of it. It's not just, I'm going to do this because I'm told to, and that's it. That's where the Pharisees got into trouble because they said, we're going to follow the law to a T. And they took the heart out of it. It's not about just doing it for the sake of it, but it always comes back to the heart and why you do it. Who is your Lord? If you're choosing to live life as a disciple, then who are you a disciple of? What or who are you listening to? Is it the word of God or something or someone else? The heart check is, are you, are you slow to listen and quick to speak and quick to become angry when it comes to listening to the word? Are you quick to become angry, quick to rebel against the word? Or do you devote yourself to the teachings of God? Devote yourself to the teachings of the word? As we come in for a closing, uh, thinking about communion, I just want to read John 1, 14 again. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Because of this, we're able to seek Him. Jesus comes full of grace and truth. Sometimes the truth is hard. That means laying down your pride and submitting yourself to him, submitting yourself and your sin to him. But that, but it's when we allow him to have authority over our lives, it's when we can see the joy and peace that it brings. And I'm going to pray for communion. Father God, I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for your word. God, and the sacrifice that you made and just the Lord, I'm so grateful to be able to seek you out and be able to have a relationship with you. So glad to be able to have your love, Lord, because it does bring so much joy. Even, even when I don't want to do it, God, Lord, I pray that you are lifted up Lord, I pray that we can seek you first and put your word first. I love you. It's in Jesus' name.